What do you even know about your 401k? Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents Channel. My name is Jesse Durham. For today's quick take, I would like to address government qualified plans such as the 401k. All right, let me sincerely, sincerely ask you a couple of questions. If you've got a 401k like I had a 401k when I was first asked these questions back in 2015, what do you really know about your 401k. Big pregnant pause right here for those that are only tuning into the audio. I really want you to answer that. I can't hear you. I, I know, but answer that for yourself. What do you really know about your 401k? I'll bet you don't know more than the two things. Maybe, maybe you know these two things that I knew back in 2015. So I bet you might know you might know whether or not, based off your last quarterly statement, your numbers went up or down. You might know that. And it might not be very encouraging. <laughs> but you, seriously, I mean, I have conversations all the time with folks that are seeing their numbers cut by a third and just all kinds of things. It's, it's awful, especially later in life when I'm talking to folks in their 50s and 60s about the performance of these things. Anyway, all right, let's know. So maybe you know, based on your quarterly statement, if you look at it, if you look at it, whether your numbers went up or down. Okay, and then maybe you also know, maybe you know. If you have some mild, moderate, or aggressive setting on your 401k. But other than that, you don't know anything. Okay. Now, on the rare exception that that you're that numbers, that, that analytical uh, personality type. Okay. You, you might know something. I get it. I get it. But let me just talk about myself then. Okay. Because I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to talk about the qualified plan and whether there's not a better way. Spoiler alert, I think there is. <laughs> In fact, I'm certain of it. So let me speak to my own self. Okay, so back in 2015, I had the state retirement. I was a high school Spanish teacher. I had the 401k. My wife had a 401k. We were doing all the traditional things. So here's where we were. We were con contributing to our government qualified plans. Quick pause. Emphasis on government qualified plans. Now, I think it's worthwhile to ask, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, who, who is that in our lives? How much do we, we want the government to be dictating our financial plans? Anyway, okay. <laughs> Maybe more for another time. But we were contributing to those government-qualified plans. We were growing as a family. We were pursuing, I would say, two honorable professions, education for myself, nursing for my wife trying to do our best, make our way in life, grow our family, all these things. Now, behind the curtain, the finances looked like this. We had a car note. We had student loans. We had credit card balances. We had all those things that the average All-American does. We were paying out bukus of interest on the debts that we had. And that's pretty normal. I know that there you 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 admirable folks paying cash for things and and we've got something for you uh, but that wasn't us uh, we we had debt okay and at the same time we were contributing a portion of our cash flows to these government qualified plans that we didn't know anything about we were doing it just because that you know that hr person that walks out once a year and talks about get this get that okay all the things 
because that's just what we were conventionally told to do. But we were paying attention. We were trying to make good choices. We were working hard. Okay. But what it looked like was we had a portion of our cash flows going to these entities that we didn't we didn't control. We were assuming all kinds of risk. There were all kinds of tax implications. There were penalties if we wanted to access any, and we did. We did we did end up wanting to access some of our capital. And we did have to bite the bullet on uh, paying those penalties and, and, and such to be able to do that before the, the government qualified age and all these different things. Okay. So what I encourage folks to do, of course, here on our channel and podcast is in saying that you could become your own banker, not just that you could invest here or invest there, not just that you could save here or save there and take some some portion of your cash flow into consideration, 5%, 15%, whatever. Okay, and there are those folks that do that, right? They'll tell you what you should be doing. I'm not going to assume that much. I want to ask you, what do you think you should be saving? What do you think you should be investing? How do you think you should be investing? Where? What are your gifts? What are your talents? What are your abilities? What's your experience? You know, because I believe that we should be putting our capital in places that that we understand, that we own, that we control, that we experience the profitability and lots of the, these other things that you don't actually experience in government qualified plans. Okay, so I promote the idea that you can become your own banker, which means that systematically over the course of time, you put more and more of your cash flow, cash flow, not savings, not investment money. No, no, no. your cash flow, however it is that you earn an income, however it is that you experience cash flow, put more and more of your cash flow into a private banking system that you own, that you control, that you use, right, that you're profitable with until over the course of time. All of your cash flow is represented in premiums. Premiums into what? Okay, so premiums into properly structured whole life policies with mutual companies that pay dividends. All right, that is the ideal asset for the banking in your life. And banking takes place on everything to include your investments. And and I'm again, let me let me say, if you have the four hundred one ks, great. I am asking you to consider: Are you are you aware aware of what they do, how they work? I'm just encouraging you. Ed, education should be the first step in anything, but in fact, it's normally the last step. Normally, it takes us getting burned on something for us to want to learn more about things. And, and again, I can speak from personal experience in, in that way, okay? So, I think it should be the opposite. I think that education should be at the forefront, Okay, I think it's preposterous for folks to want to get into the real estate sphere, for example, here, and they've not read a book on it. I think that's wild. Okay, so I'm encouraging all of us not to be complacent, not to be ignorant. It's okay to be ignorant, but not but staying ignorant. That's choice. That's an active choice. And I think a detrimental one. Okay, so I'm encouraging all of us. uh, First and foremost, I'm saying I'm promoting the idea that you become knowledgeable and that you understand the banking function in your life so that then you can reacquire it for yourself. Because conventionally, we abdicate the banking function to others. We send our money to them. We lock it away with them for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. We hope there's going to be something at the end of it, but we don't know, okay? So we've abdicated all this financial responsibility to other folks. So it's not under our control. 
and therefore the profitability that is to be experienced, we've also abdicated that to someone else. And it's someone else that's profiting instead of us being able to profit the way that we could be profiting. So I'm encouraging you to get past complacency, blind trust in individuals to include myself. Vet this process for yourself. Read the book, Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash. Read his second book called Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. Watch his seminar that you can access from his website, www.infinitebanking.org. Of course, you can watch my introductory presentation to the infinite banking concept for free on our website. You can get on my calendar. We can have a conversation about your questions, about your plans, your goals, your aspirations, also for free. That's uh, available on my website. So, and I've And I've put out literally hundreds of videos of my best practices over the better part of implementing this concept uh, over the past decade. Okay. Um, so you can get as educated in the, in this as you want and, and you can weed through the misconceptions and the misrepresentations that are out there in the financial world to understand things for yourself. So education is what I'm saying should be at the forefront of your endeavors financially speaking. And and I do believe that you will arrive at understanding why a properly structured whole life policy with, with a mutual company that pays dividends is the ideal asset used for the banking in your life. And that you can then adopt this process of infinite banking for whatever it is that you're doing in your household, in your business, investing that you do end up choosing to do. And again, everybody's different and and I don't believe that a cookie cutter approach is ideal. You're different than me. I'm different than you and the next person. And I do talk to folks every week. And some of them, of course, already have lots of conventional assets. And 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 and, and that's great. And that's fine. And they begin to implement this concept because they did lose something in the marketplace. Or they did feel the, the risk and the exposure in some way. And or they did experience you know, a, a, a bad interaction with a conventional banking system. And, and they, they discover this idea of becoming your own banker. And, and we're talking about all these things. And I just don't have a cookie cutter approach just like you hear out in the, the financial world where somebody just says, well, everybody should be doing this and nobody should be doing that. Why? Why? Why is that? I think that's a I think that's a great question. You can ask me that about anything that I'm saying, and I think we should all ask that about anything that anybody else is saying. Why is that so? Is that so? <laughs> it's just good to know. So at the end of the day, a plan is better than no plan. Okay? I had qualified plans when that's all I knew and under understood was what we were supposed to do. And I still believe that a plan is better than no plan. If you have no plan, then your plan is you plan to fail. Okay. And I know that's nobody here tuning in to a podcast and a channel about financial matters. But while I feel that having a plan is better than no plan, well, an ostrich sticking its head in the sand, that's a plan. It's just not a good one. And I'm not here to tell you what a good one is, but I am here to encourage your education process. And if I could do this, if I could share with you the five principles that I've adopted from R. Nelson Nash. One is think long range. Is that a bad thing to think, plan, and act in a long range fashion? I don't think so. But you answer that for yourself. Don't be afraid to capitalize. See, I've I've understood that 
I can't have too much capital. I can't have too much access to capital. I want that to grow and grow and grow. Okay. So you can't be afraid to capitalize. That's Nash's second principle. The next one is be an honest banker. Well, what's just ask yourself this. What's the opposite of being an honest anything? <laughs> do you want to be that? No, I, I don't want to be a dishonest anything. So if we're going to do banking, do I want to be an honest banker? Absolutely. All right. So that's that's a good principle to have. Don't do business with banks. When you understand that banking is a business and that when we put money and leave money in banks, that we're funding someone else's business when we could be funding something for ourselves. I'm just saying I, I'm here to look out for me and my family first. Okay. Rather than someone else's business. All right. So I don't want to abdicate that profitability to someone else. Banks are making bank. Okay. I want to be able to do that in my family. I want us to keep the, the, the money in our family. And I want you to be able to do that for yourself. So it's a good principle. And then the last one of rethink your thinking. And again, I'm, you're obviously the kind of folks that are right here at the end of this episode. So you are rethinking your thinking. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. If you'd like to have a conversation about the particulars of your financial situation and plans and what it could look like for you to implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing, then let's have that conversation. And I would look forward to that. You can find my calendar link on our website, durhamtalents.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. Look forward to that conversation. Have a great day.